like, frankly, I just felt worthless. Like, I didn't understand why I couldn't learn, why I couldn't pay attention. And, like, there were days when I'd walk out an hour to read three pages and I couldn't do it. I just felt like I was wasting my time, my money, just, like, my everything. And that, like, ultimately that's why I decided to take a leave of absence because I couldn't stand it anymore. Student narratives, like the one you've just heard, often go unspoken. When they do come out, it's usually as whispers to close friends or in the confines of a therapist's office. In this episode of The Vein, we're sharing students' experiences with mental health. And while everybody's story is unique, struggling with mental health is not uncommon. This episode includes a collage of voices from students who came forward to us following a public request for interviews. They don't speak for every Chicago student, but we do hope that by sharing their stories, we can further open up the dialogue surrounding mental health issues on this campus. Some names and voices have been changed to protect students' privacy. I'm Flavius. I'm Varsha. And you're listening to The Vein. Following is a phone call between our producer Orly and a student who we'll call Sarah. Sarah is currently taking a leave of absence and was kind enough to share her story with us. Did you know that you had mental illness before coming to UChicago? Yeah. Um, so actually at the start of high school, that was my first wave of depression. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know what was happening at the time. I couldn't characterize it in my mind. Um, I knew that I wasn't happy, but I didn't really understand why or what all the symptoms were. In her junior year of high school, Sarah was diagnosed with depression. She sought therapy and tried antidepressants. Sarah had hoped that the transition from high school to Chicago would enable her to shed her diagnosis. I don't know why I thought that, but that was an actual thought. (laughs) In college, Sarah was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder on top of depression. She talked to us about her hardest quarter at UChicago. The worst quarter um, that I've experienced was actually the spring quarter of my first year when I impulsively decided to study abroad. Um, The whole trip was just kind of a mess of confusion and depression and guilt. I didn't really know what was happening. Um, So basically, through some justification that I don't really understand still today, I decided that I didn't have enough money to... um, to, like, buy groceries, which wasn't Mm -hmm. true. It was, yeah, I really don't understand it, but I convinced myself that I was only allowed to spend $10 um, on food a week. And now that I think about this, I think that this this ploy started off as sort of a, like, subconscious anorexia, Mm -hmm. but it devolved way further than that um, as time went on. So I was... 
was probably eating less than 1,000 calories a day, and I lost about 15 pounds within the first month. I was hungry all the time. I grew angry and envious of people who had food and began like stealing bread from the outside tables of restaurants. In the fifth week of the quarter, I began digging through like trash cans for scraps of food, just completely oblivious or unable to see that I had money to buy groceries. There was just such a mental block. Um, Mm. And eventually, through talking with my mom, I sort of figured it out and began actually eating again. But that was such a weird time in my life that my brain just completely convinced me of of such lies. It was so weird, and it, like, affected my body so much. Like, I was so unhealthy coming out of that. Back on campus, Sarah visited student counseling services, where she was referred to the university's medical center to receive psychotherapy to treat her anxiety. Sarah continued with treatment for six months. And you're skeptical that it was effective? Yeah, because it treats anxiety well, but mm-hmm. I also suffer from from depression and concentration issues and self-destructive tendencies, and it didn't really address any of those. Psychotherapy is one of many services offered by the university for students coping with issues of mental health. We spoke with Dave Albert, the Director of Student Counseling Services, to find out what resources SES offers. SES is meant to be a safe space for students to talk out their troubles. The psychologists, social workers, and psychiatrists on staff at SES provide counseling and therapy in both one-on-one and group settings and prescribe medication when appropriate. They also offer more informal counseling opportunities through the Let's Talk program. When the treatment that a student needs is beyond the ability of SES to provide, they do what they can to help students find the care that they need elsewhere, often referring them to specialists in Hyde Park. Henry, a fourth year in the college, uses SES for psychiatric services and occasional psychotherapy. He's also enrolled in a pilot program offering group therapy for students with ADHD. Can you talk a little bit about some of like the harder experiences you've had here, yeah. especially in relation to mental illness? Yeah, so I am ADHD. I've been diagnosed since second grade-ish. I've been on medication, various, you know, psychiatric and learning support skills since then, but, you know, throughout high school and here, it's really frustrating and hard and tough to manage my work, to stay on task, to avoid procrastination, the typical things you know, and that also comes with a lot of extreme anxiety at times especially recently for a variety of reasons. But dealing with the anxiety and how that relates back to my learning disabilities of not just focusing in class, that's the one thing, but also just organizing my work, doing things in a timely manner, and then not freaking out. It's been really hard, and it's made sometimes some classes, which sucked, so much worse. The group therapy that Henry participates in involves exercises that are meant to help him modify his behavior. Can you give an example of an exercise that you guys do? Um, well, this it's focused first on like time management. Like a couple weeks ago, so we given like find a planner, which I was always bad at, mm-hmm. and just plan things half hour by half hour, like to an absurd degree. And I've been trying it when I remember, and it's just helped because often, and it's helped me because often everything's just so nebulous and it's a big alphabet soup in my head of all oh, I have to do this and this and this and then things get lost and then out of the way and then I, uh, 
or when I do remember them, I just hate doing it. But then, I don't know, it's, it's helped me. And last week has been focused on uh, compartmentalizing tasks so you don't get overwhelmed by the humongosity of like an eight-page essay or whatever coding thing you have to do, which I've been trying out. You know, it's, I mean, that's very specific to ADHD kids. As we've heard, people's experiences with SES vary. Henry told us his experience has been positive, but he acknowledged that isn't the case for everyone, as it wasn't for Sarah. There's been vocal criticism of SES on social media and other forums that expresses a skepticism of the university's ability to take care of its students struggling with mental illness. Obviously, there is variations on people who really, really trust student counseling services uh, or disability services, and people who do not trust them at all, do not want to go to them, etc. And kind of looking through this, it all kind of revolves around social media. Uh, There was, I think a couple years ago, there was a Facebook and Tumblr kind of thing or WordPress that was about people's horror stories of student counseling services, Um, as well as a couple of social media kind of like more outspoken people who talk about their forced leave of absences or the issues that they've gone through. And when you talk to people... That's what they know. That's what they remember. And that's often a reason why they didn't seek help. Or if you see, you know, the recent controversies over racial unrest on campus, sexual assault on campus, I've found a lot of links from people who do not seek help or do not trust the counseling services with the university because they feel like the university doesn't respond to any of these other serious issues um, in a way that they feel comfortable with. How are they expected to trust them to respond well to their mental illness? That was Patricia Graff, another fourth year in the college. Majoring in um, psychology, human development, and English. For her BA project, Patricia is conducting ethnographic research on the experience of coping with mental illness at UChicago. We later spoke with Maya Honda, a third year, who recently published an article in The Maroon in response to the criticisms that Patricia described. Yeah, um, I'd been hearing a lot of people talking about how they thought student counseling was like this manipulative tool that the university was using to find people who had mental health problems and like kick them off campus and hospitalize them. And I was pretty horrified when I heard that because I went to student counseling and had a good experience and so did a bunch of my friends. And I basically thought like, yeah, people have terrible experiences with mental health care and people have good experiences but it's really discouraging to like feel like you need help and feel like there's no resources for you because people are telling you that like you're going to get hospitalized or you should be afraid of the like maybe the one of the only things that can help you. So I figured I would just like put my opinion out there. In addition to a discussion on SES, there's a discourse on our campus surrounding the interaction between the university's culture and values and issues of mental illness. Another fourth year in the college, who we'll call Jordan, spoke with us about the pressures inherent in UChicago's environment. But I feel like as students um, and like as people are kind of, uh, I feel like our value is kind of depending on how much work you put out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Just kind of like, that's kind of like a thing within our society. Um, And I feel that when you're depressed, then it's just harder to put out that work. There should be more conversation. I don't think, 
I mean, like, is anybody specifically fucking up in that regard? Like, the university? I, I can't say. But, yeah, I think it's, you know, this and society. And especially on this pressure cooker of a motherfucker. Sorry, you can't <laughs> put that on the radio. We totally can. That is this, oh, awesome. That is uh, you, Chicago. Um, <laughs> that literally just destroys people's, like, I felt like, like, maybe it's just this year. A lot of crap has happened alongside all my mental health issues. But, yeah, I mean, you just feel so on the edge and just want to go and crawl in a corner and not deal with anything a lot. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah, I think we would like to think that our school is way harder and way more stressful and um, way more, like, I don't know, than everywhere else. I don't think that's true. I think that all, like, like elite universities have this, and we just really enjoy being self-deprecating about it, which, in my opinion, doesn't help anybody. Um, it's funny, and it's, like, fun, and and it consumes your life, and there's nothing else you can talk about, and I don't like that. I don't know if I would say that that is a cause of depression or anxiety, anxiety but I think that um, one um, thing that depression can do is make you very, like, have a one-track mind and make you kind of looking inward all the time and unable to get out of a rut. And if the rut is just, like, exacerbated by this attitude of, like, everything is terrible and stressful, that's not going to help anybody. I think that people at this school are ironically really unwilling to put their faith in institutions. And that upsets me because I think that to live a happy life, you have to somehow believe that people are good-hearted and want to help you. And you attend the University of Chicago, which means that you must think there's some value in it or its services. And it's easy to tear something down and tear something down without acknowledging what good it gives you because that would complicate the situation. And I think that we should just remember that people are good and want to help you. And they're trying and you're trying and you just have to like put a little faith in the situation. Um, and then something that's really resonated with me is this idea of um, the life of the mind, kind of like hashtag belief and some students feeling that from the moment that you start applying and you have to do these creative essays, you have to put your best foot forward to get into the university, your mind is put above everything else. And for psychological and psychiatric disorders or illnesses, it's your mind that's affected. And so having those sometimes makes students question, am I good enough for this school? Am I valued by the university anymore because my mind isn't exactly what, you know, seems to be needed for me to get the best grades possible, the best jobs possible, have no issues. I obviously have these issues, and I can't tell university or officials or SCS if it's to get serious, because if my mind is not perfect, then maybe they won't need me or they won't take me seriously. Leave of absences. Let's just, like, not valued if if your mind isn't exactly the way that they feel the university wants it to be, which is not necessarily a true thing. And the university definitely does have resources that tries to help its students. But in because of the competitive nature and because of the universities like thriving to, you know, go higher and higher on the lists and the charts and the, um, the data, it's just a lot of students are just afraid. We thank everyone who shared their stories with us. 
We spoke to many more people than we were able to include in the podcast, but who were no less instrumental in helping shape our understanding of mental health on campus. Thanks to Dr. Dave Albert, who shared information about SCS, Madeline Klinger of Active Minds, and Surya Giri for the original music featured in this piece. Finally, we want to thank all of the staff members who worked on this podcast. Varsha Sundar, Flavius Becca, Jared Simon, Orly Farber, Joyce Liu, Kelsey Whitcomb, Anya Kroc, and Meda Biswas. You can find the rest of our podcasts on our website at www.uchicagovein.com. Thanks for listening.